You're listening to Comedy Central. Thanks to a fierce Ukrainian resistance, Russia has been frustrated by its inability to capture any major cities so far, which is why more and more, they've decided to just bomb those cities from the sky. Apartment complexes, hospitals, basically the less threatening the building, the more Russia wants to bomb it. And that has led to a fierce debate in the West over how to respond. Should NATO send Ukraine fighter jets? Should NATO enforce a no-fly zone over Ukraine? So far, the answers to both of those have been no, over fears that doing either would spark a direct conflict between NATO and Russia. But over the weekend, it was Russia edging everyone closer to direct conflict. A war that many fear could spill into other countries has taken a dangerous turn, with Russia firing on a Ukrainian military base close to the Polish border and the NATO alliance. The sky turned red, witnesses say, when roughly 30 Russian missiles struck the Yavoriv training base in western Ukraine, leaving this smoldering crater, 35 people dead, and an escalation of the war now only a few miles from Poland, a key NATO ally. The base was routinely used by U.S. and NATO trainers over the years. The attack came a day after Moscow warned it would try to destroy foreign shipments of weapons to Ukraine, calling them, quote, legitimate targets. Yeah. Believe it or not, for the first time, Russia bombed a military base very close to Poland's border, just 15 miles away, which definitely seems like a warning. I mean, 15 miles is basically nothing, according to my friend who can't stop telling me that he's training for a marathon. I get it. You run far. In fact, 15 miles is basically as close you can get to bombing Poland without actually hitting it, which means this missile strike was basically Russia going, oh, I wish a NATO would. And on top of that, Russia is also warning that it's not gonna just let the West keep sending weapons into Ukraine. It's gonna start attacking those shipments, which is scary, but I mean, of course, they wanna stop those shipments from coming in. You know, NATO is sending Ukraine its most sophisticated weapons. Meanwhile, Russia is fighting with the equivalent of a flip phone. So if you're a UPS guy who gets a package that looks like this, you might wanna watch yourself. Now. Both of these developments are concerning because like I said, nobody wants World War III. We don't want it to start for any reason. I mean, America hasn't even defeated all the Nazis from the last World War. And like my mom always says, you can't have more until you finish what's on your plates. But while everyone is trying to keep the war from spilling into the rest of Europe, as it turns out, it might already be spilling into China. We're learning this morning that Russia has asked China for military support and other aid for this invasion. That is really concerning for the West and could be a real blow to these Ukrainian forces if indeed uh, this happens. U.S. officials tell us it's true and the White House National Security Advisor Jake Sullivan is traveling to Rome today to meet with Chinese officials and he says he will warn them not to help Vladimir Putin. We are communicating directly, privately to Beijing. We will not allow that to go forward and allow there to be a a lifeline to Russia from these economic sanctions from any country anywhere in the world. Okay, look, I I can see why America doesn't want Russia teaming up with China. You know, that would be an unstoppable power couple, like Benefer, but with nukes. But getting tough on Russia is one thing. How does America plan to turn the screws on China? Hey, you better do what we say, or we won't let you sell us literally everything we need to survive anymore because we haven't made anything ourselves in 30 years. Shit, 
I bet America would sacrifice three or four states just to keep getting new iPhones. And whether China decides to help Russia or not, you've got to admit, this is embarrassing for Russia. I mean, think about it. They're not even, what, three weeks into this war? And they're already like, China, can you help us? We ran out of war stuff. It's like when you were a kid at the arcade and you used up all your tokens trying to beat the first level of a video game. Then you just got to walk around begging other people for their tokens. And then when that fails, you spend the rest of the party finger banging all the machines, hoping someone left a token behind. You remember those days? But as Putin looks for the help on the battlefield, the fallout is also continuing to mount inside his own borders. Seemingly every day, Russia becomes more and more isolated from the rest of the world. They can't fly anywhere. They can't order anything off of Amazon. They can't even use Airbnb, which means now they have to film themselves going to the bathroom. And every day, the Russian people become more cut off from the truth about the war. All the independent media has been shut down. So the only thing that they have now is state TV. Although today, an anti-war message managed to slip on the air. Provocative and courageous move from an anti-war protester in Russia. Watch her bold and brave act during a primetime broadcast on Russian state TV this evening. That sign reads in Russian, quote, no war, stop the war, do not believe propaganda, they tell you lies here, unquote. The last line of the sign read, quote, Russians against war, unquote. The program appeared to quickly cut away to video. At this hour, it's unclear what happened to this woman after her onset protest. Russia, of course, does not allow freedom of speech. Wow. That is either an incredibly brave protester or a very horrible cue card person. No, for real though, for real, that was actually an employee at that state TV channel, which is brave. It's one of the bravest things I've ever seen. Although knowing Russia's propaganda machine is probably gonna find a way to like twist this whole thing. Yeah, they'll be like, you saw the sign, no war. There is no war, everything is normal, all good. But this protest aside, it's almost impossible for Russians to get information from the outside world now. Even on the internet, there's no Facebook. There's no Twitter in Russia. And now, there's no cat photos. Instagram has gone dark in Russia. The country shut down the social media platform at midnight. Russian regulators gave people 48 hours to save all their photos and videos before the service ended. So there's all these influencers in Russia with like 23 million something followers that are like sobbing and very upset that they're losing all their followers. Reality TV star Olga Buzova posted this video of her crying and saying, it feels like a big part of my heart and my life is being taken away from me. Yeah, if you thought being a Ukrainian refugee was bad, imagine being forced to pick up your whole life on Instagram and move it over to Cameo. That's tragic. I mean, for real though, Instagram shutting down in Russia does really affect people's lives. Because Instagram is used in a lot of ways. You know, yes, it makes influencers money, yes, but it also gives small businesses the opportunity to promote themselves. It lets people share important life updates with each other. You know, it lets creepy dudes tell women who are clearly porn bots that their ass is flames. It does a lot of things. One of the strangest things to try and wrap your head around, I find especially in America, is when a story stops only applying to the, um, not the industry that it's in, but sort of like the sector that it's in and when, it's, when it starts affecting everybody or speaking to everybody, you know? What I mean by that is there are some stories that are purely like entertainment. It's tabloid, 
it is, it is what it is. There's some stories that are only sports. There are some stories that are only in the world of fight. But then there are some stories that I feel transcend everything and then speak to larger conversations. And I honestly think the, the Kim Kardashian, Kanye West, Pete Davidson situation is turning into that, you know? It started very much in the land of tabloid, but I feel it's creeping and has crept into a world that more people should pay attention to, but not for the reason that you may think, you know? For those who don't, for those who don't know, Kim Kardashian was married to Kanye West. If you don't know that, I really envy your life. I wanna know how you roll and how you avoid all these things. But they were married, they got divorced. And over time, Kanye has become more and more belligerent in how he tries to get Kim back. Like when it started, it was, it was, you know, some would say romantic. Oh, I want you back and, you know, here are roses and this is my dream. And, the, and some people are like, oh, okay, it makes sense. You're trying to win somebody back. We understand that. But over time, it's become more and more belligerent. And one of the most extreme examples was Kanye West putting out a music video. Where in the music video, he, like it's a claymation music video, I should say. He chops off Pete Davidson's head. And I mean, we, we all understand the subject. Like, I, I wish this guy was dead is, is, is what Kanye is saying. Now, Kanye, you know what I mean? To be fair, Kanye says, no, this is just art. I don't actually want to hurt him. This is just art. Don't judge my art. But here's, here's the thing. First of all, just like from a rap perspective, I was sad that now like rappers, like claymation and rap beefs are a weird combination. I'm not gonna, it's pretty hard in my opinion to be gangster with claymation because you have to do like one frame at a time, you know? I do understand that art can be therapy. I honestly do understand that, right? But I also understand that therapy can be therapy. Do you know what I mean? And what's weird about the situation is Kanye West has told us that he struggles with his mental health. So I get it, you, you wanna have art as therapy, but here's what's weird that Kanye doesn't understand is like, what we're seeing is, it's, it's, it makes you uncomfortable, man, because here's the thing, Eminem was Eminem from the beginning. I'm gonna kill my ex-wife, I'm gonna, but it was his shtick and we knew it was his shtick. He wasn't that person. With Kanye, we don't know how to feel. We don't know how to worry. And I think Kanye doesn't seem to understand that. He goes, well, leave me to create my art. Yeah, but Kanye, you told us you have problems. Now, when we worry about that, you say we shouldn't worry because it's not problems or it is problems. Which is it? It puts society in a precarious position. And the reason I say that is because of his harassment of Kim, which I know is crazy to say, because there's a lot of people who go like, Kim Kardashian, she loves publicity. She loves celebrity. She loves all of this. She does the Kardashians. This is her life. This is her thing. Yeah, and I get it. But there's also an element of a woman saying to her ex, hey, please leave me alone. You know what I mean? Please leave me alone. And so like this story keeps on escalating. You've got Kanye West, who's harassing Kim Kardashian. And then you've got Pete Davidson, who's now embroiled in the whole thing. And the story escalated to a new level when now Pete Davidson leaked texts that he sent back and forth with Kanye. He sent a selfie to, to, to um, Kanye West and Kanye said, where are you? And he said, I'm in your wife's bed. Funny, right? And we also don't, because I mean, we don't know what the person's doing. We, we know what we, he's implying. But because of the pandemic, in your bed could mean anything. Like my bed used to be a place for sleep and sex. Now it's also like my living room slash meeting area. So in your bed could mean anything. But we get what Pete was going with, right? We get what Pete was going with. Going, I'm in bed with your wife. Then after that, 
There's a whole bunch of texts where he says, hey, listen, Kanye, let's talk as men. Let me help you with your mental health. I've also got mental health issues. It was actually that part of the, 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 the message was really beautiful, but I'm sorry, guys, to start a message with, I'm in bed with your wife, and then go like, let me help you with your mental health. Yeah, now you've added to the mental health of the person that you're trying to help them with. Do you get what I'm saying? It's a little bit crazy. It's a little bit like roasting somebody while you're giving them CPR. And now this thing, it's, it's spun into a story that seems fully tabloid, but I think, I think deserves a little more awareness from the general public. It's, it's because it touches on something that is more sensitive and more serious than people would like to admit. I know everyone thinks it's a big marketing stunt. Oh, look at the coincidence. Kim is launching a new show, except two things can be true. Kim likes publicity. Kim is also being harassed. Those things can be happening at the same time. Because I'll be honest with you, what I see from this situation, I see a woman who wants to live her life without being harassed by an ex-boyfriend or an ex-husband or an ex-anything. You may not feel sorry for Kim, you know, because she's rich and famous, because of the way she dresses, because she appropriates black culture, because she tells women they're lazy, because she broke the internet and then didn't put it back together, whatever, you hate her, whatever. But, but, what she's going through is terrifying to watch and it shines a spotlight on what so many women go through when they choose to leave. You know, people always say that phrase to women, they go like, why didn't you leave? Oh, why didn't you leave? Why didn't you leave? Yeah, because a lot of women, women realize when they do leave, the guy will get even crazier. And when I say crazy, I don't mean mental health crazy. I'm like, it's, you, you understand what I mean. You know what I mean. The point is that Kim Kardashian and countless other women, they find themselves in a terrible position, you know? Because asking Kanye to stop clearly isn't helping. But at the same time, he hasn't broken any laws, you know? So can she get him arrested? No, I don't think so. Would she even want to? I mean. You know, she spends half her time helping black people come out of jail, so now she can't be throwing Kanye West in. It's a bit of a paradox. But still, she's being harassed. And I get it, society's like, ha ha, you deserve it, this is funny, this is that. And I get it also from Kanye's side, in like the parts of Kanye, there's, there's parts I understand. I understand Kanye saying, I don't want my daughter on TikTok. I get, I, I agree with that part of what he's saying. I'm not involved in other people's relationships though. You know, I think that's a separate issue. What we're seeing though is one of the most powerful, one of the richest women in the world, unable to get her ex to stop texting her, to stop chasing after her, to stop harassing her. Just think about that for a moment. Think about how powerful Kim Kardashian is and she can't get that to happen. I grew up my whole life in an abusive household, right? Most of my, let's say from the age of nine to whatever, 16. One of the things I found most interesting was how often people told my mom that she was overreacting. What I found interesting was how many times people told my mom to calm down, people told my family to calm down, everyone, you know? And everyone had different reasons. Oh, I remember once we went to the police station and they said to my mom, oh, but did you talk back? Is, th is that why you're here? You know, uh, you know, oh, but, but what did you say to him? It's all these questions, it's all these questions. I remember seeing this as a child, by the way. You see this as a child, you know? And you see a world where women are questioned for what is happening to them as opposed to people questioning what is happening to them. And for years, people said this shit. Ah, no, this, ah, you know, these, this, this happens, this hap that happens, this, everyone, police, some family, stranger, whatever it was, whatever it was. And I'll never forget one day, I got a call from my brother saying, hey, mom has just been shot in the head. She's in the hospital now, she's just been shot. And, and I'm, I'm not saying it to make it about me. I'm just saying 
maybe that's why I look at the story differently, to be honest with you, is I go, it seems like nothing. And again, I'm not saying Kanye will, please. I'm not saying he will, not saying that. But you see it in all these stories where people say, we saw it, but we didn't. So we, whether it's the people around him, whether it's the people in their lives, whether it's us as society condoning or not condoning. And I know it's nuanced. I know, I'm not saying Kanye is just a bad guy, please. But just as society, man, we have to ask ourselves questions. Do we wish to stand by and watch a car crash when we thought we saw it coming? Or do we at least wanna say, hey, slow down, let's, pu- let's all put our hazards on because there's a storm right now and some shit might go down. Let's just, let's just put our hazards on. If it doesn't happen, hey, the worst thing we did was we all had our hazards on like idiots. I'm, I'll be fine to say I was an idiot, nothing happened. I'd rather be in that situation than to be in one where I say, man, I wish we didn't think the whole thing wasn't worth looking at. And all I'm saying about this story is, if Kim cannot escape this, Kim Kardashian, if she cannot escape this, then what chance do normal women have? Even as Putin continues to push into Ukraine and kill civilians, the world is uniting to fight back. Today, the International Court of Justice in The Hague ordered Russia to halt its invasion of Ukraine. So you know that should get results quickly. And here in the US, the Senate is advancing a bill that would give ordinary people a reward for snitching on oligarchs and helping to identify their assets. Yeah, so you snitch, you find an oligarch, and you get money, which is really interesting. And it's probably gonna mark the first time that people are gonna call the cops like, hey, 911, I just saw a very suspicious yacht sailing by. And look, some of my best friends have yachts, but there's something fishy about this one. Yeah, I'm in danger. Also, yesterday, the White House announced that President Biden himself will travel to Europe next week for a series of diplomatic meetings with other NATO leaders. And in response to that, Donald Trump Jr., yeah, remember him? He tweeted that his dad should go instead, saying, quote, if you wanna get something done right, send Trump. Which I actually agree with, yeah. If your goal is to confuse the hell out of everyone in Europe, send Trump. That'll definitely stop the war. Russia is stealing Ukraine's land, just like Black Lives Matter stole the voting machines and the toilets, they don't flush anymore. They don't flush. And that's why we gotta ban windmills. Gotta get rid of all of them. Now, Vladimir Putin is not happy about any of this. In fact, today, he gave a speech in which he complained that the West is trying to cancel Russia. Yeah, which is pretty rich coming from this dude. A man is over here as the only person in history who's ever sent an army to kill a comedian. And guys, can we agree? Can we agree that the term cancel has lost all meaning, right? Because first canceling meant that people were getting mad at you for what you said online. Now you're being canceled if people don't want you to invade other countries? I feel like we're a few months away from archeologists being like, and then 66 million years ago, a giant asteroid hit the earth and canceled all the dinosaurs. Hashtag woke. But the big news today is about Ukrainian President Vladimir Zelensky and his speech to the United States. Yeah, appearing live via satellite in Congress's home theater, Zelensky pleaded with the US to send more weapons and enforce a no-fly zone over Ukraine. And based on his references to American history, it was clear that Zelensky knew his audience. 
I remember your national memorial in Rushmore, the faces of your prominent presidents, those who laid the foundation of the United States of America as it is today. Remember Pearl Harbor, terrible morning of December 7, 1941, when your sky was black from the planes attacking you. Remember September the 11th, a terrible day our country experience the same every day. I have a dream. These words are known to each of you today. I can say I have a need. I need to protect uh, our sky. I need your decision, your health, which means exactly the same, the same you feel when you hear the words, I have a dream. Yeah, that's right. Zelensky brought out all of America's major moments. I have a dream. 9-11, Mount Rushmore. You know he was on Wikipedia last night planning this out. Okay, Pearl Harbor, Boston Tea Party. Should I mention Hulk Hogan's sex tape, maybe? And by the way, props to him. I mean, he knows way more about America than most US senators know about his country. Like, can you imagine how they would sound if they had to give an inspiring speech using Ukrainian history? Uh, people of Ukraine, remember the vision of your founder. I wanna say Daniel Ukraine? I'm also impressed that Zelensky was able to dodge so many landmines in his research. Because you realize this could have gone very wrong. And now to 9-11, which as we all know from YouTube was inside job. I see you, Bush. No, for real, it was a really impressive speech. Although, you know, these days people on Twitter will complain about literally anything. So of course, there was one economist who tweeted, I understand times are hard, but doesn't the president of Ukraine own a suit? Damn, what a weird criticism. This is the kind of guy who'd see Jesus come back and be like, really? Sandals, my guy? But anyway, most people were impressed by the speech, especially the powerful ending when Zelensky switched to English and addressed President Biden directly. Today, the Ukrainian people are defending not only Ukraine, we are fighting for the values of Europe and the world. And as the leader of my nation, I'm addressing the President Biden. You are the leader of the nation, of your great nation. I wish you to be the leader of the world. Being the leader of the world means to be the leader of peace. Thank you. Slava Ukraini. That was inspiring. I'm pretty sure that was the first time in history people applauded a Zoom call. It's also impressive that Zelensky was able to deliver that message in his non-native tongue. In fact, when you think about it, his English is better than the past two US presidents. And also, how rare is it? How rare is it to see everyone in Congress all stand and applaud for the same thing, right? You never see that. I mean, obviously, almost everyone, almost everyone. Because I, I don't know if you noticed that one congressman who, I guess, didn't realize that everyone else was doing a standing ovation? My man, we're on the brink of nuclear conflict. You can fill out your bracket later. Now, it doesn't look like America is going to support a no-fly zone over Ukraine anytime soon, because again, a direct confrontation between American jets and Russian jets, that could end up spiraling into World War III. And that's a sequel that nobody wants. 
except for maybe the History Channel. And you think they want to be talking about aliens and shit? They hate it as much as you do. But America's government has been ratcheting up its support in other ways. Today, Biden announced that America would be sending another $800 million worth of military aid to Ukraine. And aside from the American government, the American people have also taken it upon themselves to step up and help Ukraine. And I'm not just talking about the usual ways, by the way, like donating money and putting a Ukrainian flag in their Twitter handle. And don't get me wrong, the flag emoji is making a huge difference. But people are also finding more creative ways to help out. Inspired by these images of Ukrainians displaced by the invasion of their country, Americans are finding inventive ways to help. Turning pain into purpose, Sasha Shmurkovsky created an Amazon wish list of items needed in Ukraine. The response, overwhelming. One truck after another dropping off donated goods, 40,000 and counting. People are booking Airbnbs in Ukraine with no plans of staying there. The initiative, which gained popularity on social media, is a way to get money to Ukrainians impacted by the war. More than 61,000 nights were booked in just 48 hours, raising almost $2 million for hosts in Ukraine. Two Harvard University students are doing their part to help Ukrainian refugees find homes around the world. They have launched this website, Ukraine Takeshelter.com. It's designed to help refugees find hosts with spare rooms, condos, and dormitories. Wow, people, that is heartwarming, huh? These two students are helping thousands of Ukrainian refugees find places to stay. That's amazing. It's amazing. I mean, we, we should keep in mind, though, that the website was built by Harvard students in their dorm room. So a few years from now, it'll probably lead to an attempted coup. But for now, it's all good times. And I also love that people are renting Airbnbs in Ukraine, but not staying there. They're just doing it to send money to Ukrainians who are in need. That's one of the coolest initiatives I've ever seen. Although I hope everyone understands that this is just a donation, okay? Because you know there's gonna be one guy who actually shows up just being like, really disappointed, Wi-Fi was spotty, and sound of missiles exploding kept me up all night. Two stars. And it turns out Americans aren't just helping refugees and ordinary civilians. No, they're also directly contributing to the war efforts. A company in Wisconsin is donating a million rounds of ammunition to Ukrainian forces. The company's close ties with the U.S. military makes workers confident the ammunition will get to where it is needed most. A growing number of police agencies across the U.S. are jumping in to support Ukrainians with combat supplies. This box full of gear used to be for law enforcement in Colorado. Soon, it will be sent to protect people a world away. The Cincinnati Police Department is pitching in to help Ukraine defend itself against Russia. It is sending 950 ballistic helmets to people fighting to defend their country. One New York County executive is organizing a collection drive for guns, asking gun owners to donate their weapons for the cause. We could get a million guns to the people of the Ukraine. The Ukrainian people want to protect themselves. So let's give them the resources to do that. Now, that's what I'm talking about. America's police forces are sending their military-grade hardware to help Ukrainians fight a war in Russia. That's dope. And if you're asking, wait, why do our police have things that you can use in a war? You're not asking the right questions. The question you should be asking is, at what point does America realize it has too many guns? Because you realize, that, that guy just said, we can get a million guns and we can send them to. That's when you know your country <laughs> has too many weapons, is when another country needs weapons and everyday people in America are like, yeah, we can give them the spare Glock in the guest room, honey. 
But I guess this is just a beautiful example of how an ecosystem can balance itself. You know, one country's problems can be another country's solution. America has too many guns and an over-militarized police force. Send it over to Ukraine. Hell, throw in some mass shooters too. Go get them, Tyler. Hakuna Matata. But look, whether or not it says something terrifying about the states of America, it is still a nice gesture for Americans to be donating their own weapons and their gear to Ukraine. Still, for some Americans, sending guns just isn't good enough. No, they're also volunteering to be the ones shooting them. Ukraine's government has actively recruited foreigners to join the fight. Over 20,000 have reportedly expressed interest, and many Americans are showing up daily. Harrison Josephowitz is 25 and was a Chicago police officer. Harrison spent five years in the U.S. Army and did a tour in Afghanistan. You just quit your job and got on a plane? Pretty much. Why? It's the right thing to do. Dennis Diaz is a former Marine. When he watched Russian tanks pulling into southern Ukraine, his gut said he had to do something. As Americans, we take on the big bullies. And right now, um, Russia is the big bully. Their resumes range from combat experience to no military training at all. I worked at a, a place called Taco Bell. It's a fast food restaurant in the U.S. I did something similar um, when I was 19. I went to um, Iraq to join up with the image. Uh, I saw everything that was happening here. I just decided to take that, uh, take that money, buy the plane ticket, and come out here. Yeah, you heard that right. This guy left his job at Taco Bell to go and fight the Russians. And I'll tell you now, he's got way more balls than me. I also think he's got the perfect experience for war. If you've worked at a drive-thru, you've already seen the worst of humanity. You've also probably gained a lot of hand-to-hand combat training. Shit, have you seen what people do at 3 a.m.? But yes. Thousands of people around the world, including many Americans, are heading to Ukraine to join up with the Ukrainian resistance. And these people are heroes. They're heroes, no doubt. But I think we can also admit it's probably a few of them who made this decision partly because of COVID. I don't care where it is. I just want to travel again. Yo, but seriously, good luck to all these people who are risking their own lives to go and defend democracy. And don't forget, You're headed into an active war zone, so please remember to pack a suit. While Russia's military hasn't had a lot of success recently in terms of capturing Ukrainian territory, that doesn't mean the military hasn't been successful at killing Ukrainian civilians. Every day brings new reports of a hospital, school, or shelter being hit by a Russian airstrike or entire cities under siege with no access to food, water, or medicine. And I honestly don't know what the point of it all is. Like, unless Putin's plan is to win over the Ukrainian people with the world's largest case of Stockholm syndrome, what is he doing? But either way, either way, Ukraine has been saying for weeks that Russia is guilty of war crimes. And now it looks like the president of the United States agrees. Now to Washington, where President Biden has called Vladimir Putin a war criminal for the very first time. He is a war criminal. The White House says President Biden was, quote, speaking from the heart about Vladimir Putin's barbaric actions when he made that declaration. The Kremlin responded to that charge just moments ago, calling it, quote, absolutely unacceptable and inexcusable and pointing to the U.S. bombing of Hiroshima and Nagasaki during World War II. Ah, seriously, Russia? You gonna bring up something America did in the 40s? America's committed plenty of war crimes since then. Keep up with the times, yo. Come with that old shit. And just because America committed war crimes 
Doesn't mean that you have to as well, Vladimir Putin, okay? I mean, what, if all your friends jumped off a bridge, would you do it too? No, seriously, would you? I'm just brainstorming ways to end this whole thing. I just wanna know what you'd do, you know? Now, despite being under constant bombardment, Ukraine's president, Vladimir Zelensky, he's made it clear that he has no plans, zero, nada, to ever surrender to Russia. Yeah, practically every day, he releases a new video reassuring Ukrainians that he's still in charge, he's still in Kiev, and he's still making olive green t-shirts the hottest fashion item of 2022. Although, if you were watching Ukrainian news yesterday, you might have heard a very different message. A video claiming to show Ukraine President Volodymyr Zelensky calling for the Ukrainian people to surrender to Russia was aired on news station Ukraine 24. It then circulated on social media. In the deepfake video, a phony President Zelensky tells Ukrainians to put their weapons down in their war with Russia. Digital forensics experts quickly picked it apart, catching a number of visual and audio glitches. The official Facebook account for Ukraine's land forces posted a warning that more videos like this may be coming. Yeah. You know what's funny is the first time I saw a deep fake, the first time I wondered when it would finally be used for something dangerous in the world, like something actually meaningful. Cause you realize like some Ukrainians could have seen this video and actually surrendered. And the only reason they spotted this was because of small discrepancies. And also because the fake Zelensky says that Putin had a big dick and he's a karate king. I mean, that sort of gave it away. But you realize why deep fakes are so scary, right? is because they can make you think that anyone was doing anything even if they weren't. Like for instance, for instance, have you seen, there's a video of me online where they make it look like I was crying at the end of Jurassic World, which is ridiculous. Why, why, would, why would I cry just, just because that one dinosaur fought with the other dinosaur? Like, I like dinosaurs. Why are they killing each other? <laughs> why are the dinosaurs biting each other? <laughs> why are they doing that? You see, they did it again. That was... The point is, the point is, this was a bullshit way for Russia to try and win this war. Yeah. Which is why we at The Daily Show decided we're getting back at Putin by releasing our own deepfake video. It's me, Vladimir Putin. I made boob invading Ukraine and I just pooped my pants. Ha! Checkmate, Putin. Now, we don't know for sure who's behind this deepfake but it obviously wouldn't be shocking if it was the work of the Russian government, since fake news is kind of the whole thing right now. In fact, if you turn on Russia state media, you'd probably hear that Ukraine was the aggressor in this war and that Russia had no choice but to defend itself and also that the war is going great. And if a few thousand Russian soldiers never come home, it's not because they're dead, it's because they're on a permanent vacation. You know how it is. And believe it or not, believe it or not, the Russian government is being helped in this propaganda effort by conservative TV networks in the United States. Yeah, as wild as it sounds, channels like Fox News, Newsmax, and OAN, they've been so friendly to Putin's narrative that Russian TV stations have even reportedly been ordered to play clips of Tucker Carlson on its broadcasts. And that's a smart move by Tucker. You know, you might be like, why is he defending the Russians? Yeah, it's a smart move. You don't wanna put all your eggs in the Trump propaganda basket. You gotta diversify, you know? Think about other bad guys you could roll with. Putin, Kim Jong-un, hey, maybe the Joker. Are we really supposed to believe a Batman is keeping our streets safer? Why is that? But the point is, America's conservative media is doing almost as good a job at spreading Russian propaganda as Russia itself. Which is why we thought, now's the perfect time for a good old fashioned propaganda off. 
Итак, начну с того, что современная Украина целиком и полностью была создана Россией. Скрытые факты экстренной зачистки киевским режимом, следов, реализуемой на Украине военно-биологической программой, финансируемой Минобороны США. So yes, we're funding secret biolabs in Ukraine. Putin вам сказал, инфраструктуру НАТО на границе 97 года. Нам с вами просто не оставили ни одной другой возможности защитить Россию, наших людей, кроме той. Just like we would not want Russia to come in and start putting their tanks and missiles on our borders, Russia says, hey, I don't want U.S. and NATO coming and making their military outposts on our borders within Ukraine. Rampant neo-Nazism in Ukraine itself. There were Nazis in Ukrainian divisions, and there still are Ukrainian Nazis. You can find pictures of them online, holding up the NATO flag and the swastika. Разят! Look, Russia is now being cancelled. Before we go, families in Ukraine are fleeing violence and urgently need emergency aid. CARE's immediate crisis response aims to reach 4 million people, prioritizing women and girls, families, and the elderly. So if you can, please donate at the link below to rush urgently needed water, food, hygiene kits, and ongoing support in Ukraine. Watch The Daily Show weeknights at 11, 10 Central on Comedy Central, and stream full episodes anytime on Paramount+. This has been a Comedy Central podcast.